Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is great to be with you again on another day during this very, very interesting year of 2020 that we are having. Uh, Today's show will be quite exciting because as we are moving forward through this pandemic and there is so much uncertainty and I'm sure that you have questions about uh, what to do, what not to do, whether your children should go to school, whether they should not go to school, the dialogue that we really need to have is about energy. While we look at what's going on outside in the world, there is a certain level of power that you have over your own body and how your body is affected by the environments and the situations that you encounter. Energy dialogue is at the heart of successful energy medicine. It quite simply involves being able to get the messages from your body, spirit, and mind and to respond in their idiom using movement, gesture, light, sound, vibration, image imagery, interaction with energy flows. The goal of energy dialogue is to participate moment by moment in the ongoing energy communications within you. It's not something to just use when you're sick. It is a practice that allows you to bring your body's rhythms and expressions, your conscious understanding, and your behaviors into collaboration, creating your spirit's truest embodiment. This is from the book, The Language Your Body Speaks, Self-Healing with Energy Medicine by Ellen Meredith. In the past 35 years, she has worked with thousands of clients, some with extremely complex and serious life-threatening medical conditions, and others with less dramatic, life-interrupting chronic symptoms. All of them were seeking ways to find support for their instrument rather than the mere management of their symptoms or disease. She saw time and time again how powerfully healing can be activated once participating in the ongoing communication of the body, mind, and spirit. Ellen's path into healing work evolved out of necessity. It was also shaped by some outside-of-the-box experiences. And she is going to share with you today some really interesting information about energy medicine and how you can support yourself. Ellen Meredith is the author of The Language Your Body Speaks, an intuitive and energy medicine practitioner with over 35 years experience. She has served on the faculty of energy medicine pioneer Donna Eden since 2010 and teaches energy healing techniques all over the world. Her website is ellenmeredith.com and again her book is The Language Your Body Speaks. Welcome Ellen to 1111 Talk Radio. It's a pleasure to have you here. Well thank you Simran. I'm really really happy to speak with you today. Uh, it's kind of timely with what's going on in the world today. A lot yes. of people are in fear, and uh, there's there's easily a way to go into victimization or oppression around the news and what all is going on. And today's conversation, to me, is an empowering one for people because there is a certain level of... Uh, inner strength and energetic strength that they can attain to allow themselves to feel less fear and also to understand that they are in charge of their health. Right. What have you most guided individuals 
to do during this time uh, to really support them both mentally and emotionally and specifically energetically? Uh, Good question. Um, I really feel that our power is in the present moment and in our body or body, mind, and spirit aligning. And um, one of the things that we really need to be aware of right now is that there are so many storylines swirling around. I mean, the news can be quite toxic. And of course, it's available 24-7 on many channels. And um, And there are so many storylines, not only our own personal, whatever you're going through in your own home with with your family or whoever you're with, but we're taking in the stories of other people. And and while it's wonderful and important to have compassion and recognize what other people are going through, in order to stay strong and healthy, we need the power to come home to ourselves, to actually inhabit this instrument now. And and it's so hard because we don't know the future. We never did know the future. You know, that was an illusion that we thought, oh, next year I know I'll be doing such and such. But now we know we don't know it <laughs> a little more. But the present, we can know. And I like to... Um, to say, imagine someone, you open the door and someone has left a child or an infant on your doorstep for you. How are you going to care for her or him? What are you going to do to if she's freaked out, if she's afraid, if she's disoriented, um, you know, if he needs something that he doesn't have? How are you going to dialogue with that being, whether or not they speak your language, and figure out what you can do to to bring them into a sense of security. And then I think we need to start doing some of those things for ourselves right now. That's that's a really good lead-in, too, because we're talking about caring for ourselves in a way that is kind of the way we would care for that child. But a lot of people are also facing the uncertainty of their children going back to school. And so when we are talking about the energy medicine techniques and concepts that are in your book, are these things that we can also teach our children so that if, if they are mandated to go back to school, that they have a certain level of uh, safety and security within themselves that they're in charge of their bodies? Yes, absolutely. Um, what I do in the book is I help people learn the language of energy, which is the language your body speaks. It is how the body, mind, and spirit communicate with each other. And the the body has two major communication um, modalities. One is energy and the other is chemistry. And so a lot of Western medicine is based on the chemical model. and, And that is all well and good if if they know what they're talking about at any moment. Right now we're dealing with with a virus that they don't know what to do about yet. So we can step in and learn energy techniques to enhance our immunity, to strengthen our sense of of what this body is doing and needing and to help it um, be more capable of uh, repelling what I call false code, which is a virus is just basically... um, uh, RNA or code that isn't true to the body. And in general, we have a lot of tools for doing that. The body has a built-in healing system and it has a built-in guidance system. And we don't learn how to use it. We, you know, we kind of grow up without the owner's manuals to our own bodies, many of us. So my book is trying to address that and help people very quickly not only re- 
realize what they already know about communicating with their body, mind, and spirit, but, but learn new tools. So yes, it's wonderful for children. The, the, I have exercises and explorations in there about how to enter into what, what you mentioned, energy dialogue with the body, how to sort of invite the body, show me what you need right now, and then how to respond in kind, not with English or thought, but with gesture or touch or color or sound, rhythm, um, position, gesture. Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of vocabulary that is very multidimensional that I present in the book as how the body actually communicates with itself. For a lot of people, and particularly in the Western world, we're so heady and we get in uh-huh. the mind, and then we also get outside of ourselves with everything that's yes. going on in the outside world, that I would imagine that most people are not really very embodied. And so when you're talking about energy medicine and dealing with the body, uh, there first has to be a level of connection to our bodies. And, and does energy medicine help us get back to them? Oh, absolutely. And in particular, in my book, I address that a lot because I grew up kind of thinking I was a head on a stick, you know, being taught to be very, very intellectual and nothing else. And I really suffered a lot of chronic illness because of it, because my body was screaming at me with symptoms saying, come home, come home, pay attention, know what I need right now and supply it. And and I didn't know how to do that. I had to learn the hard way. And um, so, so in the book, I'm inviting people to use, for example, touch. Can I give a quick simple yes. exercise that so I, I have an exercise that I call healing hands and I believe very strongly that the hands speak pretty fluent energy they already know the language of energy and we're taught not to touch ourselves touch has been very sexualized in our culture it's been um, made into something kind of embarrassing or shameful but it is the first language I mean when we have an infant that's the first thing we do is we touch and hold the infant and that's what our bodies respond to so with healing hands you just rub your hands together and that's just to activate their ability to speak energy and you take one hand and you say where do you want to go on my body just where do you want to be placed and you place the hand there and you don't think it you just let the hand kind of go where it wants to go and place it on your body and then you take the other hand and say where do you want to go and you let it lead lead you to where it wants to be placed on the body and you feel yourself being touched by your two hands, and just tune into being touched by the two hands, but then also tune into what you're feeling with your hands. So we have that kind of dual perception of I'm being touched and I'm touching, and I can feel both of those. Sometimes I have to go back and forth. But while you're doing this hold, you're hooking up energy circuits, and you don't have to know what they are at this point, that some of them are meridians, some of them are chakras. You know, you've heard of all these different energy systems. Many of you have. It's in the sort of in the common literature by now, even if you don't know what it is. And so your hands will intuitively hook up what needs to be connected to communicate better. And when after a little while, you can say to one hand, do you want to stay where you are or do you want to move somewhere else? And then you, if it wants to move, you let it move where it wants to go. And you say the other hand, same thing. Do you want to stay or move? And you keep doing that for a while as, until you feel like you've completed some kind of a circuit or a process or you, you take a deep breath or you feel you've come home in some way. 
the body knows how to fix almost everything in the moment. And it can show us if we're listening and if we're um, participating. So that's a very simple exercise. I've got dozens in the book of dozens of things you can do to come back to, to your home base in the body and to participate in this notion of embodiment. And it's not about just turning the mind off as we do sometimes with with um, meditation. It's really about training the mind to attend to the body, to be present with the body, which is a very different thing, I think. There are a lot of wonderful exercises throughout the book, and you beautifully teach people how to play with energy in that way. Does it require belief And how do individuals begin to trust the language that they're receiving from their hands or their body? Okay. I I don't think it does um, require belief because the second you start uh, with authentic communication with yourself, you're going to feel it. I mean, you're going to know the difference between a touch that feels friendly and a touch that feels unfriendly. And, you know, I I know a lot of people sort of look at their body and pinch the unwanted parts and say, oh, if I could just lose this or that. The body knows the difference between that and and when you look in the mirror and say, oh, my God, you look cute today, you know, and really mean it, you know, feel it. So um, it doesn't take belief. What it takes is showing up and entering into dialogue and learning how you can trust the body, mind, and spirit, how you can best understand what they have to say. And so it is, it's not a one-shot deal. It's not like, what's wrong and how do I fix it? That's the, our whole culture is, is kind of focused on that approach to wellness, which is, what's wrong? How do I fix it? And often the fix, we want the quick fix. We want the magic bullet that's going to um, fix everything. And, you know, we don't expect that of ourselves. If our hair is out, we don't think, well, I better go brush my teeth. You know, if our hair is a big mess, we, we pick up a comb or brush and, and brush our hair. But if there's spinach in the teeth, we use a toothbrush. And, and if um, our muscles are sore, we might stretch a little bit. And if we're hungry, we might go try to eat something. Every moment, there's different things that the body needs or the mind or the spirit. And we're, we get signals about them that we ignore if we've got too big a, a mental agenda. And so it's about tuning into those signals and responding appropriately until trust builds up. So I don't think it's about belief. I think it's about trying it enough times that you realize that, hey, I felt really horrible before. And after about three minutes of dialoguing with my energies, I feel I feel different. I feel better or I feel focused or I feel like I have purpose or, wow, I feel more energy now. And, you know, so the proof is in the pudding. The more you try it, the more you learn what works for me in various moments. It seems like when we're talking about energy medicine, there is also a psychological shift that has to take place because we're so trained with allopathic care to address issues when we feel symptoms. This appears to be more of an ongoing daily lifestyle type of regimen. 
Yes, yes. And it's 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 not a lifestyle in the sense of I've got to do all these exercises, I've got to do my homework. It's not that. It's the same kind of self-care we've learned to do for our hair or teeth. It really is. It's it's that we don't go to the dentist every day to get the spinach out of our teeth. We learn to clean our own teeth so they don't rot. But we don't learn to maintain our energy so they don't rot. And, you know, chronic illness is is epidemic in our culture right now, partly because we wait until it's bad enough to go to the doctor and then we address it with pharmaceuticals that have a lot of side effects. I mean, okay, the effects might work, but the side effects cause other imbalance or other problems. And one thing we do need to understand is that the chemistry of the body does respond to the energy. Energy underlies the chemistry of the body. And, um, I think we all know that, for example, if you um, pick up a piece of dark chocolate, most of us will salivate. That's, you know, the energy, and you don't even have to pick it up. You can envision a piece of chocolate and we'll salivate. And that's not just a reflex. That's the body's physicality responding to the energy of a thought. And, um, I, you know, thought is one form of energy. I think that we have more powerful forms of energy, such as gesture and movement and touch and sound and color and direct knowing. So, I, you know, it's, it, we can build on that. But it, it, there is a psychological shift of, of claiming our ability to actually work with our own body to not wait around for the experts to come and fix us because we're wrong, to say, this isn't about fixing. This isn't just about playing with the toy I've been given, playing with the tool and the instrument. You know, I like to think of it as, as a musical instrument that I've been given to play. And if I want to play the music of my soul, then I don't want to be playing it on a kazoo or a broken violin. I want to be playing it on an instrument that's capable of expressing the complexity and and richness of the music of my soul. And that means I have to train my mind to be be the, the musician who can do that, and I have to work with my body to make sure it's in, in really good um, condition so that it's available to, to really express my deepest truth. The goal in learning the language of energy is to participate in the energetic dialogues that are you and to skillfully navigate among the exchanges with energies that are not you. If you are fluent in the language of energy, it becomes second nature to rebalance your energies, to pull in what is needed and to recognize when something requires conscious attention. This is from Ellen Meredith's book, The Language Your Body Speaks. You can find out more about her at ellenmeredith.com. I also want to mention that I believe performance matters. I also believe in having clean options. I believe in self-investment, and I believe reading labels is key. I've just start, discovered a new line of products uh, that are by Native, and I have found that they have an incredible deodorant that truly does support the body. It doesn't just block odor. It is made of ingredients that you've heard of, like coconut oil and shea butter. Uh, it's vegan. It's never been tested on animals. And you must know that aluminum forms a plug in your sweat glands to keep you from sweating. And that's why Native never uses ingredients like aluminum, parabens, sulfates, or talc. So switching to an aluminum-free deodorant doesn't mean you have to sacrifice any protection. It'll keep you smelling fresh all day long. There's incredible scents. My favorite's the coconut and the mint. But they also have vanilla, lavender, and rose, along with citrus and herbal. 
You can try Native risk-free right now for 1111 Talk Radio listeners. Every product comes with free shipping within the U.S., plus a 30-day return in exchange. And you can see why so many people love Native. They have over 14,000 five-star reviews. So you can do what I do and switch to Native today by going to nativedeo.com slash 11 or use the promo code 11 and spell out the word 11 at checkout to get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash 11 using your promo code of 11. Get that 20% off and try native today. We'll be right back after these messages with the language your body speaks and more of Ellen Meredith. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. The language your body speaks teaches readers how to speak the energetic language of the body, mind, and spirit through simple experiments, exercises, and practices. It offers a potent, personalized path to healing by teaching you how to tune into your body's subtle energies using all of your senses, how to develop a rich vocabulary of energy communication for dialoguing with your body, 
how to access the guidance system built into your body, and how to respond to your body's communications in the language of energy to deepen true communion with your body, mind, and spirit. It also activates your body's miraculous abilities to heal and creates meaningful conversations that allow you to attune to and embody your spirit's unique nature. You can find out more about Ellen Meredith at her website, ellenmeredith.com. She also has a YouTube channel, which has a lot of wonderful videos, so you might want to check that out and definitely pick up your copy of The Language Your Body Speaks, Self-Healing with Energy Medicine. Welcome back, Ellen. I think one of the starting places, especially for individuals that are new to energy medicine or dialoguing with their body in this way, is to... Uh, how you term it, validate your authority and to, to determine your own well-being. We've, we've been taught to listen to doctors or listen to people outside of us and right. not so much taught to trust and build our own inner authority. Speak a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I just, <laughs> I feel passionate about that. I feel that right from an early age, you know, we, we take kids, we put them in schools. Often when I grew up, we were all in rows and we had to be quiet and listen to one person talk all day long. It's just not natural to how we develop and evolve as, as human beings. We need to interact. We need to construct our own understanding of the world. We need to construct our um, our own perceptual awareness of the world. And when you put someone in a, an environment that's so deprived where there's not a lot of objects, where there's not activities other than mental activities, we all learn to kind of, we, many of us have learned to go into our heads and get our gratification through ideas and thoughts and what I call secondary gratification. So, you know, instead of saying, wow, I'm really loving making this picture. It's so fun to be painting it. We say, whoa, my mom's going to really love this picture or the teacher's going to give me an A for doing this picture. And and I, I want to say this right now as people are home with their kids of uh, that this is some an opportunity to create a richer curriculum, a, a multidimensional curriculum that isn't just about what's the lesson of the day and how do I force you to have discipline to sit at your desk and, and answer stupid questions and, and, you know, fill out worksheets. How can we make a whole life learning experience since we're home having a whole life? And how can your children start developing the inner authority to test things out, to develop their own curiosity and their own ability to try things on for size and evaluate them. And, and so I, I, you know, I encourage you as parents to do that. And as you do it for your children, you'll also be doing it for yourself. And those of you who aren't with kids, you know, you've got, you've got the child who spent her, her, her or his childhood in school that needs a little catching up to the rich curriculum of interactive experiential learning. And so, you know, how do we get authority? By listening to our own knowing and not always looking to the experts of what do they have to say. I always take in the advice of experts. I think it's it's very useful. But you know your own truth. You know your own storyline. And if you don't, then a time of listening and evaluating and exploring can get you closer there. Now, for many individuals that are dealing with certain health issues, oftentimes 
that approach to our health issues can come from a negative place. Like, I don't want this, or I wish this would go away, or I don't want to feel like this anymore. Or talk a little bit about that attitude or how we deal with that while also trying to bring in energy medicine. Yes, I I face this all the time, not only with clients, but in my own life, I had 15 years of daily migraines. And Believe me, I you know, I tried everything and I, I did have those days where I just don't want this, I don't want this. And what opened up for me was shifting the question. And I really believe that we, we can gain a lot of um, agency in our own lives when we shift the questions. So the question, what's wrong, how do I fix it, which is natural when you've got an illness, when something's going wrong, isn't going to get you there. Because what we pay attention to is what gets funded. And we all know this again from taking care of kids that, you know, some kids, if they only get attention because they act out, they act out more. They don't act out less because that's how they get attention. And it's not that you want to ignore what's wrong, but shift the question to what's needed and how can I cultivate it? Um, And we have models, and the medical model is what's wrong, how can I fix it? So if we have an illness, we're trained to think of it as a medical situation. And often it is, you know, you have a big lump on your hand or you've got a, you know, a cancer or you've got things happening that that have medical labels. But beyond the medical label, there's an energetic truth and there's a lifestyle truth that goes with that. And if you can find someone to listen to the whole story of your illness, not just what does the doctor say or what's the what's the chemical analysis of what's going on, but what's the real story? What what's the emotional story? What's the lifestyle story? What what is what is your body yearning for that it doesn't can't have because of this illness? And does this illness do anything for you? Does it serve any purpose whatsoever? Um, you know, often it's just something as stupid as it gives us an excuse to stay home from work and do something other than do, do, do all day. Um, so there's other questions that can be asked. And um, we can look at all different fields for, for good questions. For example, if you look at art or literature and you have a a book that you want to understand or a poem, you you ask, what are the elements and how do they work together to convey meaning? Well, what if you take that kind of questions and apply it to your own illness, to your own situation, say, well, what are the elements playing out here in this situation that we've named illness, or maybe we even got a, a Latin name for it that the doctor gave me? What are the elements here and how do they work together to both convey meaning in my life, but also maybe to block some meaning that I'd like to bring in? As you go go into the book, you talk about diving into the language of energy and it appears to be very sensorial. Uh, And is that how we are really introduced? Is that where we start to build our language and connection and communication? Yes, absolutely. Most schools of energy are very abstract, and so they start teaching you all about energy systems. You learn about chakras and meridians and auras and all things that are wonderful to know about. But you don't need to be psychic to speak the language of energy, and you don't need to start in that abstract realm because the body has built-in equipment for perceiving energy, and it's your senses. And it's not just the the literal sense of, 
you know, there's a dog in front of me and I see the dog. It's also the inner vision that goes with that. If I say, shut your eyes and picture your dog or cat or mother, most of us can do some approximation of that. It might not be a, <clears throat> excuse me, an exact image of mom or dog, but we have <clears throat> some internal representation that we can use. And it's the same with inner smell and inner uh, hearing and inner knowing, which I consider a sense and inner taste, you know, all the five senses. And we have a few others that that aren't talked about in our culture so much. For example, we recognize when there's a shift in pattern. Like, if something changes in the neighborhood, we suddenly feel it, or in the house, we can feel that shift. That's one of our senses. We also have radar. We can Most of us can walk through a crowd in the days when we had crowds, could walk through a crowd and not bump into people. And that's not literally you're seeing each person. You're, you're using your this what I call radar. It's one of the senses. These This is the baseline equipment for perceiving how energy moves and works within you. And then you can build on that and intuition grows the more you enter into dialogue. But we don't have to start with, gosh, I'm not psychic. How do I develop psychic abilities so I can actually communicate with with this body? Because it's communicating with you all day long with sensations and symptoms and and in uh, little um, thoughts and hits hits of intuition and uh, an inclination to you know, maybe I'm going to go over here now and and so we just need to learn to tune in and train our mind to recognize the communication we're already participating in quite extensively and so we can go from the very obvious senses of see touch taste smell here to the broadest of senses like even our aura as a sense organ and I know you talk about one of your exercises has to do with the porcupine and it is about how our energy field can get very jagged or spiked and and spread out or how our energy field can have holes in it can you talk a little bit about that porcupine exercise in our aura as a sense organ yes yes it's called porcupine reset and in the book, I talk about the fact that we have a mechanism called, that I call the gatekeeper. And it's essentially your immune system, but it's your physical, emotional, uh, mental, and spiritual immune system. And it keeps the gates of self. It says, this can come in, this has to stay out. This is me, this is not me. This is safe, this is unsafe. And one of the things the gatekeeper uses to keep you safe is... Um, electromagnetic polarities, plus minus signaling. And the most of the energy systems of the body have an electromagnetic um, aspect to them. They, they either can go forward or back. They're, they, you know, we have yin and yang you may have heard of, or um, plus minus signaling in electricity. We are very electro, electrical and electromagnetic in our, in our physical nature. That's why they can use EKGs to measure the heart and everything. Or uh, is that the brain or the heart? Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, to, use, to measure things going on in the body. So, um, so what happens when we're threatened is the gatekeeper will start flipping polarities to just reject energies coming in that don't feel safe. And um, so there's a layer of the aura that's about arm's length 
that flips when we're feeling threatened. The, the gatekeeper flips it. And we want to flip it back because when it's going outward, all the energy is going out to protect the shields. Kind of like in Star Trek where they put all the energies out to keep the Klingons out. We have that in our body, in our energies. So what we need to do is to flip it back again because often it stays flipped and, and, it, and we don't get as much energy coming in to, to power the body, to fuel digestion or other um, processes. And as long as it's flipped, the body's going to run some stress hormones that are going to degrade our ability to, to heal tissue or to digest food or to, to feel well-being. So um, the porcupine reset, that was a very elaborate explanation for a very simple exercise. It's almost like you've got a big sock around you that's inside out and you're going to turn it right side out. So you're going to take your two hands and at the top of your head, you're just going to grab the energy with your two hands as if you're grabbing a portion of the sock. Imagine the sock's got the bottom cut off, so it's just a tube. So you're just going to grab that energy. You're going to breathe in and pull your arms straight up. You're going to exhale and bring your arms out in a bow shape, like in an egg shape, just down to the ground. And you're going to just tack the energy there. And then you're going to grab the other end of the sock or the other end of the energy, and you're going to breathe in and pull it out and up again in that bow shape. And you're just going to tack it back to the top of your head. And I do demonstrate this in my on my YouTube channel, so you can go there and look up the 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 reactivity uh, video and and see how it, this is done. But as simple as that is to pull the energy down and then bring the energy back up again, it resets that gatekeeper back to neutral. It calms your stress hormones. It resets your, your digestion to work again and your... Um, uh, you know, all of the inner processes, the breathing to go back to normal, it really does a lot of work for a little exercise because you're putting the electromagnetics back the way they belong in this field that surrounds you, the energy field that surrounds you that we call the aura. When you were describing that, especially that jagged porcupine look and talked about that being a protection mechanism, it made me think that that's when our adrenals go into overdrive or that's when we're in a fight or flight response. And, and by yes. not resetting that energy, that's part of the reason that so many people kind of stay in that guarded fight or flight response. Right, right. And not. Yeah, it's like if you don't turn the faucet off, the water keeps running. And so there's a reason for you to go into alarm, and sometimes it's a good reason, and often it's not. Often we're reacting to someone else's storyline on TV or some thought we have, some fear in the future, what happens if, or, you know, often it's not a present threat. But um, whatever, whether it's present or not, if, we, if you react to it, if you feel like you've gone into reactivity, and the reason I call it porcupine is, yeah, it looks... The person looks energetically like a porcupine to me because too much energy is going out to protect the shields and not coming inward to protect the body. So hence the porcupine. And we all go there. I mean, you know, many times a day, all of us go into some kind of reactivity because we're designed to do that, to keep ourselves safe. Those of 
you who grew up in a healthy, loving, comfortable, functional home probably go into porcupine and come out of it again without needing to reset the energies. You learn to do that for some reason. Maybe you learn to just rub your head a little bit or just put your hands on your heart and belly and say, oh, phew, that scared me. Or maybe shake it off um, like a rabbit does when, when it it avoids getting run over. Um, there's lots of ways the, the instrument knows how to reset. But if you grew up in a in a situation where there were too many things that scared you or triggered you and you didn't have time to reset or you never learned how to, it's there's a good chance you've run a whole lot of stress hormones and those will mess with your blood sugar and cause diabetes or prediabetes. They will mess with your digestion and call, cause digestive problems. They will mess with your sleep and cause all the problems you have when you don't sleep deeply and well. So learning simple tools to reset um, energies when they go out of balance is golden because it it's the difference between the faucet running and running and running and running up your water bill versus turning it off and thinking, phew, well, if I need more water later, I can turn it on again. Activate your unique built-in healer. The language your body speaks is energy. Just under the surface of your awareness, your body, mind, and spirit are using energetic signaling to communicate constantly with one another. This clear and practical guide teaches you how to understand and speak energy so you can participate in your body, mind, and spirit's unique creation of self. Easy-to-use explorations, exercises, and practices enable you to tap into your internal guidance system and activate your body's innate capacity to thrive. The Language Your Body Speaks is written by Ellen Meredith, and you can find out more about her at ellenmeredith.com. We'll be right back after these messages. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships? more empowered community, greater fulfillment, and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides, and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset. 
Discovering the Heart and Stepping into Conscious Living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. The ability to speak energy is built into you, just as the ability to learn English or French or Chinese. You do not have to be intuitive or psychic. You each have some or several forms of perception that work well for you. Your senses, your thinking brains, your physical ability to express yourself. Learning to work with energy starts with recognizing and building on what you already know that enables you to understand and communicate meaning. My guest today is Ellen Meredith, and she has been an energy medicine practitioner and teacher for over 35 years. She has served on the faculty of energy medicine pioneer Donna Eden since 2010 and teaches energy healing techniques all over the world. You can find out some of uh, these techniques and more of her work on YouTube. You can follow her channel. You can go to her website, ellenmeredith.com, and you can pick up her book, The Language Your Body Speaks, Self-Healing with Energy Medicine by Ellen Meredith. Welcome back, Ellen. In the book, you go through many different ways that the body can experience energy healing, and there is sound, there is uh, color, uh, mm-hmm. There's there's light. There's actual practices. Talk about some of these different methods, and perhaps give a couple of the exercises along the way, so that people understand the broad spectrum of energy healing. Okay. Well, one of my favorites, um, because I'm quite tonal or sound oriented, is to use rhythm, and um, it, it's very simple that that rhythm organizes us. And sometimes when I'm feeling crazed, my mind wants to go into overdrive and it wants to like logic and power my way through. What's wrong? How can I fix it? How can I figure out the problem? How can I solve this? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And when the mind gallops away from me, what I like to do is just take my hand or foot and start tapping a really slow rhythm, the rhythm that I want my mind to entrain to. And I often tap it right on my body. I tap it on my leg or I tap it on my chest. And, you know, lovingly, I'm not pounding myself. I'm tapping. Um, Why? Because rhythm organizes us. And we know that music really influences us. Um, If you've ever been at the stoplight where someone's got, you know, pulls up next to you with, with rock blaring at you, it will influence not just your mood, but you know how your your um you know how your pulse is. It'll it'll make your pulse speed up. And by the same token, some kind of classical music may cause your pulse to slow down and find a different rhythm. So you know we know it from everyday experience. This isn't something arcane and weird, but we can use it more consciously. I sometimes sing a little song to bring myself home because I'm very tonal. 
um, with 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 imagery or or visuals, um, a lot of uh, tr- traditions will teach visualization, and I I think visualization is valuable, and you know I'm not going to put it down in any way. Except I also think that we are so much in our heads that it's also useful to use a, an actual thing to look at, either either a picture or an object. So sometimes I don't know what I want, I don't know what I need, I feel restless, I feel like something's off. I can I will wander around my house and see what I'm drawn to, what object I want to pick up and interact with. And it might be, you know, for example, I'm just looking in front of me and I have a little round uh, uh, rose quartz stone. And I think, wow, I'd probably be picking that up right now. And, you know, it's got its own properties. Every object has energetic properties that speak to the body. So that's another way where we use sort of it's visual, but it's also maybe tactile. Um, Definitely I've talked about touch, um, smell. Um, I had a client who who used to just get horrible. uh, She just got all upset and agitated. She thought she was having hormone problems. And in fact, she was being triggered by odors. And she found that if she sniffed her wrist, it would bring her back to balance. And all the agitation would dissolve within a few moments. And she also found that, um, I think it was vanilla also brought her home to herself. And other odors would just not make her crazy, make her feel like she was going crazy. So we all, have, it's unique to each person what we can do. But so so one of my favorites is using rhythm because it works for me. And and your listeners will have to find their favorite. Um, there's one other concept that I talk about in the book that I think is really important. I call it an energy unity. And it's something that moves a lot of energies all at once. Because a lot of times when you study energy healing or um, energy medicine, you learn how to balance your meridians or balance your aura or, you know, work with systems in a very particular way. But I think that we have ways of working with energy that are really rich that we can we can use. For example, if you're feeling crappy and your best friend calls on the phone and you pick up Within about three minutes, you can be in a totally different mood and your energy can be different. It can open up. It can really shift. You can feel, wow, I'm ready to go do that task I was avoiding before. Because your friend acts as an energy unity to move your energies. So I like to find exercises that act that way. And one of them I have is called the Cabinets of Wonders. Um, And it's if you imagine your head is inside a big cabinet and it's locked in. You can reach around with your hand as as if you're inside looking at the the doors on the inside, but you're gonna reach around and unlock it. And then you're gonna take your hands on the inside of the doors and you're gonna take a deep breath in. And with your exhale, you're just gonna push those cabinet doors open and release or open up the cabinet that's holding your head and keeping it locked in. And you can do the same. There's a cabinet around your heart and major torso. So you can, again, reach around, unlock that cabinet, go inside with your hands so your palms are facing the doors, and you're going to breathe in. And with your palms, you're going to just push those cabinet doors open. And you're using gesture. This isn't a visualization. This is like a a dance move or maybe fake sign language. You're actually using a gesture 
to push those doors open. But as you do, you're moving a lot of different energy systems, giving it the message of, I don't want to be shut in. I don't want to be locked in this cupboard. I want to open and I want my energies to have access to to fresh air. And and so the gesture moves a lot of different energy systems all at once. And, you know, if you have a practitioner, you can pre and post test that, but you don't need to because you can just tune in and feel what it feels like before and after. Now, when you're talking about these different practices that are in the book, because we are a very heady society, uh, I can imagine that for some people it would be more of a thinking process. Is there a certain level of intention or presence or uh, some protocol to, to getting into the heart or the body that has to happen to really make these practices powerful? No, I think they're powerful because they take you into the body. And it's not that they bypass the head, but they train the head to learn how the body really works. So I do think intention helps just as, um, for example, if you draw a circle in front, if you take your hand and just trace a circle in front of you, it's just a circle. And it's not doing much for you. But if you imagine that in front of you is a blackboard with everything you've ever said bad about yourself, and you take your hand and now you're erasing it, you've got a cloth in your hand and you're just erasing it, that gesture speaks to the mind, it clears the mind and the body very differently than just circling your hand. So yes, intention plays a role, but because People try to control, most of us, many of us have learned to control with our mind, to intellectualize, to visualize in preference to using a gesture or using our whole body. Um, I actually recommend that you experiment with the rest of the equipment and don't try to put it on the brain. I mean, I've had so many students who, you know, I'm teaching an exercise and they're just sitting there not doing anything. And I'll say, you know, do you want to try this? And they say, oh, I'm doing it in my head. And I say, okay, you know, that's totally valid, but see what it feels like if it's different when you do it with your actual body rather than just in your head. And and again, I feel that we've kind of taught our children not to use anything but their heads. And this is a great time when we're home and we're sheltering to to reclaim the, the whole instrument, the whole instrument. We have only a couple of minutes left, and I do want to talk a little bit about the three selves that you go into in regards to energy healing in the body. So I'm going to let you do a quick two-minute summary on that, and people are just going to have to pick up your book to find out the rest. (laughs) Okay. Well, I talk about the fact that we really exist across a spectrum. We have a creature self or or a body self, which I call the earth elemental. We have a mind, which is the, what I call the talking self, which makes dramas and, and intellectualizes things. And we have our spirit or wiser self. And those three have to work as a committee. And it's, it, you know, again, you can see them look in the mirror. You can see your body. You can see your personality shining out with making faces at yourself. And you can see your spirit as, as kind of a presence. Um, so we need to work with all three of those Uh, dimensions of the self. They're not separate, but they're different densities of of being that we inhabit. And we need to be able to get them to work together so that when my body needs something, my mind's not saying, well, I want this. And the soul isn't saying, well, no, we want this. And, you know, where they can all really work together. 
Well, it's been a pleasure having you on, Ellen. I invite you all to check out The Language Your Body Speaks by Ellen Meredith. Go to her website, ellenmeredith.com, and again, check out her YouTube channel. It is a beautiful and powerful book with many, many exercises inside that can support you and your children, especially during this time. So definitely check that out. My guest next week will be Jason Gregory. He's been on before with many of his previous books, and he has an exciting new one. I'm excited to talk with Jason again. He always has something delightful and insightful to say. Until then, be well, in love, of love, with love, and as love. I am Simran, and I look forward to connecting with you again next week. Take care. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.